Do you think you may have a problem with your alcohol consumption or drug use? Are you thinking about quitting and want to know what all the sober hype is about? Whatever the reason, I'm so grateful you're here with me today. My name is Sarah, and I am the creator and host of Sober Gratitudes. I once was an active alcoholic, and after decades of failed attempts to control my drinking, I finally reached out for help. Letting others help me is why I'm here today, living a life I never thought possible. The suffering of my past was the catalyst I needed to find recovery and be receptive to healing. I created this podcast out of the desire to recover out loud and, with the help of my guests, show you how a better life is possible after addiction. Whether you have been here before or you are a first-time listener, I would be so grateful if you would take a moment to write a review on Apple Podcasts so that it can reach more people who may be struggling. Together, we can help those in need. You can also reach me at sobergratitudes at gmail.com with any questions or comments. Thank you again for dropping in today, and welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Sober Gratitudes is a podcast dedicated to spreading the hope in recovery from addiction. It is an inclusive show that does not promote or represent any recovery program. When my guests and I discuss what keeps us sober, we are referring to our own unique experiences. Our goal is to encourage and give hope to those who are struggling and need support. Sober Gratitudes podcast is proud to come together and partner with Valor Fitness Clothing in our mutual mission to support and encourage the recovering community. Based in Los Angeles and inspired by real recovery, Valor Fitness lives up to its mission. With one item sold, Valor Fitness donates one item to a homeless shelter or transitional rehab facility. Because Valor Fitness Clothing supports Sober Gratitude's mission, everyone can receive a discount when shopping. Use the code GRATITUDE20 at checkout. Also, every guest on my podcast will be graciously given a gift certificate from Valor. We're stronger together when we come together. everyone. Welcome to episode 15 of Sober Gratitudes. My name is Sarah, and I'm so glad you came to listen today. Today's guest is author Kenny G. Down. Kenny's story is amazing. His transformation from active addiction to recovery is incredibly inspiring. Now that he is sober, he spends time doing a lot of writing. Through his writings and vlogs, he encourages spiritual seekers to rid themselves of harmful thinking and pursue their heart's desire, creating the life they were meant to live. Kenny has incredible calmness and peace about him. I actually felt so relaxed and serene after our conversation. After the episode, be sure to visit his website at newthoughtlife.org. There, you can connect with him and his work and learn more about what he can offer you in enriching your spiritual life. So sit back and relax. You will be surely inspired by what you hear. Hi, Kenny. Welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. We connected over Twitter um, and you are an author and you write books for mindful living. 
yes, that's that's right. Yeah, I've I've written a couple of books. I'm I'm currently writing my my third book, but uh, my my first book uh, uh, is a um, a fictional piece called Awakened Giant Sleeping Spirit, and it has a awful lot to do with about the being sober and being grateful and unconditional love, and it's a, a wonderful story um, uh, that has a lot of my own personal experience built into the, the book, so it's something I'm, I'm really close to, and it's a book that I'm happy to say has helped a lot of people. This really turned into was uh, there were certain characters. The, the main character in this book is a bus driver by the name of Gary Goldpeople, and he's a fellow that drives a bus, and along the way, he runs into some of the most, he's an inner city bus driver and runs, uh, runs into some of the most desperate people among us and, and has a way of helping others to recovery and uh, finding their own way in this world and drops little hints and people get off his bus and think, gosh, that was strange what that guy said and how did he know that? And um, people end up writing his writing uh, Gary's bus not for the destination but just to be with this awakened giant and it, it has a lot of my own experience but I just found it like you said so cathartic to write from that point and Gary is really the culmination of all of the people in my life that have have helped me out in so many ways and been so unbelievably kind to me I've been uh, one of the things I'm incredibly grateful for is uh, all the numbers of people that have helped me along the way to find the spiritual path that I'm currently on. Oh, that's wonderful. And, and I love to talk, I, I can't wait to talk more about what you're doing right now in your life. But before we get to that place, uh, if you can share with the listeners a little bit about your life before you got sober. Sure, I got sober in in uh, in 1989. So I've been sober. I'll be sober 31 years this coming uh, June. So I, uh, but I was 28 years old when I got sober, and I'd had a, a career fishing up in Alaska, and uh, you know had a, a just you know as we do had built a bright future for myself, and. You know, I was a person that just drank and used drugs with such an intensity that even other people around me that were heavy drinkers and heavy drug users were pretty uncomfortable when they were around me. I was uh, one of these people that just lost all control once I started and had this utter inability to stop no matter how great of a desire I had. I could never... Uh, um, use that no matter how bad it got to bring myself to a point of recovery and you know the the end of my story you know we we all have stories of how we get to where we we came from and mine includes a lot of the things that probably a lot of your listeners and and i i know some of your story having listened to to you and uh i you know there's I came from an alcoholic home. I had a difficult childhood. I was through foster homes and group homes and 
um, and incarcerated and had all of these things that come along with with that are part of so many of our story but the the end of of my drinking I was homeless I was living in a little shelter that I set up for myself behind a McDonald's restaurant and between a couple of uh, buildings there was a space there and uh, from there I, I I walked into a sober gathering place and ended up meeting one of my first spiritual mentors at that at that meeting and it really just culminated with me going to detox and and getting sober and then starting to meet these people as I've said that were you know displayed this this amazing kindness to me in my life and and helping me to find a sober life and as you and many of your listeners know it's a it's a way better way of life and I've had 30 years so I've raised a family and have a couple of children and I've been been with the same woman over 23 years and you know I've just got a I've, I've had a full career I've been been blessed in business I've had all of these wonderful things that uh, you know people are really interested in is hearing about well okay that's great but what was the what was the transformation you know what what happened part so well Kenny I, I just have to interject you know you went right to you know your your ground zero or I guess your rock bottom which was in between two buildings essentially you you were homeless you said um that's right. You, I mean, there couldn't have been any other option for you at that point. And what I'm, I am so curious to hear what compelled you that one day to walk into a, a meeting. You know, it's, it's, uh, um, it's a funny thing. You know, I, 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 I've told my story many, many times, but the, the, one of my current spiritual mentors, kind of one of these Gary Gold peoples in my life currently, is uh, he says, "Well, Kenny, you weren't, you didn't surrender. You were defeated." Mm. And and I really I like that because that was really it. You know, I I wasn't a guy that waved the white flag. I I I came in, um, and I was really just looking for somebody that might have pity on me and let me stay at their house. For a while, I was out of money, and I thought, well, perhaps somebody here is going to allow me to lay on their couch because I was at a place in my addiction where I would get very, very sick when I when I had to stop. Right. And, and I, I, so that was really I just really didn't imagine anything further than that. My greatest hope was that that uh, that somebody would would take me home and let me you know, stay on their couch. And I knew a guy that was going to this particular meeting that I went to that, that, that fit the bill. He, he and his girlfriend had done that for me a few times in the past. And I was hoping that he would be there. And unfortunately he wasn't, or fortunately I should say he wasn't. <laughs> and, uh, and I was, you know, some, some total strangers reached their hand out to me and they they basically just said, Hey, can we give you a ride to detox? And, I didn't have a lot of else going, so I accepted. Wow. And how, 
how were you feeling in that moment? Can you speak to your emotions? Like what was going on through your mind? Yeah, I can speak to my emotions, uh, um, Sarah, like it was yesterday. Okay. You know, and that's, I, I think it's just such a great gift that we have that we can, you know, in this idea of gratitude, um, and one of the things that really attracted me to wanting to come on and, and do a podcast with you was the, the, the focus on that, you know, that, uh, you know, on that, like the connecting to those emotions when we first got sober is so powerful. And, and, you know, when you do that, you, you feel this overwhelming gratitude in your life. And really to me that that feeling of gratitude is the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And so it's not, it's not difficult for me to, you know, I was, I broke down in that meeting mm. and I, I, the meeting ended. I was just sat there through the whole meeting, like the meeting ended and I just thought, what am I going to do? You know, am I going to go back to that little lean to, am I going to go back behind the McDonald's? I don't have any money. I'm going to be sick. Um, you know, I was emaciated. I, and I was just like, you know, the way I describe it was just, there was just, there was, I started, you know, tears were running down my face and the, the, but there was no emotion attached to it. And I know that's hard for some people to imagine, but for people that have been in that place, they, they totally understand, they get it, this empty shell that was inside of me, just, you know, nobody was home. Mm. I, I had, I, I could have been smiling. I could have been staring off into the distance but here i was crying but there was just you know there was very little emotion behind it just because i just felt that emptiness for such a long period of time and so you went right off to detox after that meeting i did i spent I, my first five days of sobriety were uh in in a county detox facility mm -hmm. you know which was you know, not a glamorous place, more than more than one or two people in a room and everybody's sick. Um, and I just found it, it was just such a, a miracle that I made it, but I really just had no other choice. And I was, you know, I, I just to try to get out of that place and to hustle and bust money and to, you know, what kind of a pack of lies am I going to come up with today to try to get out of this deal and I was so sick after being there a short time that then I couldn't leave yeah um and then you know these this uh my first year of sobriety I spent um on a car lot with a guy who was my first sponsor my first uh um kind of Gary Gold people mm -hmm. character um to use the term yeah. from the book but the you know this this first person he was uh, a guy that owned a car lot in in seattle washington and had a little place that had a it was actually a, not a bad place had a bed and a you know a little kitchen i could heat some food up in and a bathroom and and i was still there when i was one year with one year of sobriety i was still staying on the car lot working for um working for my sponsor al wow. so <clears throat> wow that's that's incredible yeah. and and it and it stuck. And so you, you've been sober since that day. 
I've been sober since that day. I've been sober since that first day I walked in, and and I uh, wasn't the first time I ever tried to get sober, but it was the first time. And and the thing that I can say for sure that made the biggest difference for me was uh, was the you know I started pursuing a spiritual way mm-hmm. of life. That was the thing that made the biggest difference for me and and I don't you know make any qualms about it for me that started with this 12 step mm-hmm. process that's in so many programs and that was the the process that I became familiar with and that's where I had my first spiritual awakening was as a result of doing those things that in writing the inventory and doing the uh, um, you know admitting all of my you know, with God, myself, and another human being admitting all of my shortcomings and kind of going back through my life mm-hmm. story and just got it all out. And and uh, all of those things that were blocking me from this very thing that would save my life, this, this blocking me from the sunlight of the spirit, it's like I had the visors yeah. on. The only thing I could see was just this tunnel vision or my... Uh, you know, I've described it as this 360 degree mirror, which means that, you know, we were, we're so selfish and self-centered that the only thing that we can see in this world or how everything affects us, no matter what direction we look, the reflection is back at ourselves. Mm. And the, one of the descriptions that I use sometimes is that that 360 degree mirror is shattered and that's, that's, that's what happens in this process. And not only in this process, but just people that follow a spiritual way of life and they start worrying less about their, this inwardly focus. And we start having this, 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 you know, this outward projection of life looking to what is it that I can contribute to life what is it that I can do to help another human being and it's as near as I can tell it's only in that reaching out that we recover ourselves Mm -hmm. as long as we remain this inwardly focused and me 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 we don't ever have the experience of really finding out what it's like to have a fully recovered, um, you know, be granted this, this new way of life. Yeah. And it's, and it's such an incredible experience to have that, you know, spiritual transformation, um, spirit, spiritual awakening or mind shift, whatever anyone might call it. Um, you clearly experienced that, um, at least one time. I know I have a couple of times at different points in my sobriety and I hope I continue to to have more kind of shifts of you know my spirit like the kind of more awareness uh um these awakenings that help me to see you know more myself rather than as you say in more less of the that ego I guess um thinking about me and um you know problems made up problems in my head and whatnot and 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 it's and it truly is such a gift to to experience that transformation um I know mine was quite profound and 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 emotional I'm a very you know wear my heart on my sleeve kind of person um can you speak a little bit about you know what your 
um, spiritual awakening was like and what, what, how that, that, um, I would imagine impacted your, um, your profession now as an author. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that, um, you know, you mentioned that, that, you know, your hope is to, to have, continue to have these awakenings. And and that's, that, that, I think the way it is for most of us that, um, one of the realizations we have is that we need to continue to have these awakenings. You know, it's the, it's the old adage that we, you know, we can't, you know, we can't live on yesterday's bread. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hungry today. I'm going to have to sit down and eat a meal. Um, the fact that I ate on Thursday doesn't, that, that's, that doesn't help me um, here on Saturday. And, you know, I think part of, you know, what's really attracted me to your podcast is just the idea of, you know, bringing people on that can express these sober gratitudes. And, uh, and I think those sober gratitudes, you know, anytime you feel that kind of a gratitude or remember something like that, I know one of your guests talked about, uh, writing, writing his, his, um, gratitude list each day which is something i think a lot of us do and but you know that you know we need to have one of these spiritual awakenings every day and we need to look you know at the end of the day, okay what was my spiritual awakening mm. today did i have something because if i don't continue to change one of my mentors uh, uh another one of these these fellows that's um that has been was put in my path along the way and he's been gone a number of years now but you know he used to say if i'm the same man a year from now that i am today i will be drunk and i used to just i just would think well how could this guy with this amazing sobriety and this amazing spiritual life how could he say that that if he's you know he's got it but it's not true. He realized that he had to continue to have these these spiritual awakenings. And uh, so, you know, my original spiritual awakening, I say, which is what you asked about, the thing I think that really typified that, if I was to try to say, well, what was the essence of that? of that spiritual awakening, I would say it was um, in great part this realization about how wrong I had been with everybody and everything in my entire life. You know, I I had been so judgmental and I put labels on everything. You know, I was, you know, my, I had uh, a piece, you know, just this strong resentment that my mother had ruined my life you know that was Mm -hmm. one of the huge ones and and there was unfortunately there was very little truth in that you know my mother did have her own problems and she was Mm -hmm. an alcoholic but she was a moral person and she you know she tried to do her best and so those kind of realizations that i was wrong about my mother i was wrong about my brother i was wrong about my sister my grandpa my grandma my seventh grade Mm -hmm. gym teacher the Seattle mm-hmm. Police Department, that I was wrong about the Democrats, I was wrong about the <laughs> Republicans, you know, just all of those things that just, and it just, you know, I just, 
you know, it's kind of like this whole world I had came, uh, came mm-hmm. crashing down. And, and I just was left with, man, you know, I, you know, I, and it wasn't that I was just a little bit wrong. I was like 180 <laughs> out, like completely, totally wrong. And so I think, you know, that's what the thing I think about today is, um, I think about, you know, the, this idea, the wronger I am, the, the, um, you know, the writer I become. In other words, uh, it, the quicker I am to see where I'm wrong, the better my yeah. life seems to go. And that was a that was a huge thing for me to be able to let go of all of these things that I'd held on to that these are the reasons why my life isn't going very well is because, all, all, you know, none of these people are are cooperating and the government's not cooperating and all of these things that were this outward focus when really, um, you know, the, the, none of those things really mattered. You know, I was, I had placed myself in this position by all of these resentments and fears, um, and, and, you know, behaviors that I'd had that, that had, uh, you know, that's why my life had spiraled out of control, not because of all of these exterior elements. Yeah, I I can identify with that, Kenny, and and thinking about how it really is incredible, and in, in in the process of having a spiritual awakening, I know for myself, it, it's been it was kind of a similar experience, in that I finally realized that you know, my problems were my, of my own making. And that, you know, included, um, you know, how I felt people treated me, how, you know, um, the same thing, like everything that was bad in my life was because of other people and what other people did or did not do to me or, um, and, and it's, um, and, and judging and, and, and that's, um, it's such a toxic way for, you know, for me, I realized how toxic that was. You know, I was thinking toxically, I was drinking toxic liquids and, um, and it was just really creating, um, a a gigantic hole in my, my soul, um, that I was equally trying to fill and, and getting rid of the alcohol and then really, looking more at what, what part I played in, in relationships and decisions that I, you know, made with, with, um, you know, jobs or, or actions or behaviors was, you know, that once I, once I really came to a place of acceptance that, okay, this is, this is what I was doing and, and understanding myself better, it was much easier to then move to a place of, you know, that, you know, that was so, so far from toxicity, um, and, um, more of, you know, creating beautiful things. Um, and, and, and I'm, I'm thinking about you right now and you're, you have created something beautiful, which is, I'm looking at your website right now. It's, your website's called new thought life. And I'm, I'm very curious. I'd love to hear more about 
how your journey in your recovery, um, how you got to a place of, of that creation. Yeah, this, it was, um, and, and just, just to note, you know, this, this, this piece that you mentioned that I just love so much, you know, that my, my problems were of my own making. It's just such a beautiful thing because it, it would, it would seem to be a negative connotation, but really it's such a beautiful realization to have because in that realization, if my problems are of my own making, then I don't, you know, that um, I don't have to worry about what anybody else is doing or saying Mm. in order to get well. If I, if the opposite were true, then my problems were of other, that other people had made my problems. Um, that would be a difficult situation because I, other people would have to change mm. in order for me to get well. But it's that it's just so beautiful that we have that recognition that, that you know, this is an inside job that I need. I, I'm the one that needs to to change these problems are of yeah. my own creation a lot of people have a very hard time admitting to being at fault for even very little things and um you know in in our society it does it sure does feel like the, the you know there are you know and i was one of those people that nothing nothing was my fault you know, that everything that happened to me, I was a victim, you know, and, um, and that, that's a really, um, it's a very small place to reside. You know, it it keeps my world very small and it it did, it kept it small because I don't think many people wanted or enjoyed being around me when it got really, really bad. Um, toxic thoughts and, and, um, out overt judgments it's just a it's just um uncomfortable i'm i'm it's i've changed so much from that place sometimes i it's hard to believe um and then if i ever get to a place where i feel like one of those thoughts coming on i get i feel squirrely i feel very uncomfortable because it's you know it's just i feel like it's kind of like Mm -hmm. an attack on my spirit to think that way and to yeah 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 so yeah so um that's great oh i love this conversation it's so great talking to you and i i um i really want to hear more about you know i i see here that your mission on your um on your website is is you encourage spiritual seekers to rid themselves of harmful thinking which is what we were just talking about and pursue their heart's desire creating the life they were meant to live. I love that. I just love that, Kenny. I love it. Can you say more about it? Yeah, I sure can. And, and I appreciate you, you, you taking a look. So the, the, the website, the newthoughtlife.org is, is my author's website. And so I have my book, Awakened Giant Sleeping Spirit is, is is there and you can find out how to get that book and there's a another book called the care and keeping of a sham which is really a small booklet on relationship that's just a fun whimsical 
decent. But there's a number of other short stories. I've got some vlogs on there and, um, you know, just short videos that I've done and lessons. And the idea really is um, I, since, since I first got sober, um, I've, I've been writing. And I wrote for years through, I, I built up a pretty good mm -hmm. career for myself in the fishing industry. Um, and, uh, you know, in the management side, so I was staying home. But I wrote for years, but it all just went into tablets. And so this is, this is kind of the expression of years of work that I've done. And, and I've got a lot more that I still need to edit and get on the, on the website. But there's a lot of really great material there. And it's been incredibly um, gratifying for me to 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 see this develop because that's that's mm -hmm. really my heart's desire um, is is writing and so there's some poetry on there there's um, uh, you know it's quite a bit on uh, mm -hmm. just kind of sober living stuff but also it's really mostly just focused on the spiritual life and and I love this idea of the of you know the new thought and. And it's not so much of a promotion of like the new thought movement, mm -hmm. although I'm very attracted to that. But it's just the idea of, you know, if we can get a new way of thinking about these some old ideas, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of freedom in that. And I, that that's what I really love, whether it's a new way of thinking about some old Bible verse or some, uh, you know, a uh, uh, old I, idea that we've had to try to see what we can do to push out and bring ourselves to kind of coming up with one of these original thoughts that I have one of these, you know, these, these uh, kind of some people call it the big bang, you know, which is like that, that deal just boom. Oh, wow. I never thought about that in that way. So I, I hope that, that people enjoy it and um, and I'm going to continue to add to it. It's It's been uh, very exciting. And the on the piece that you asked about on the, um, you know, seeking our heart's desire. And, you know, I could talk about that for a whole episode, but really in short, um, you know, I've, I, I've kind of had this new thought about that, this new idea, which is that, you know, once we're sober and this obsession to destroy ourselves with booze and drugs is removed, which is what happens in that first spiritual awakening, um, you know, we're all kinds of things open up to us. We, we really discover ourselves because we were only able to just, the only thing we could do is just, seek more that's it like i just want more that's and and that was secondary to everything else in our life but i think you know that that god puts within each of us one of these innate things that we're what is it that we're uniquely qualified to do and that's the heart's desire when i look at that it's it's helping others probably mm -hmm. at the top of the list you know it's the thing that i love to do the most is just sit one-on-one -on -one with somebody and and talk to them about the spiritual life and and the writing 
And so God is not a trickster. God does not put within us a heart's desire, but not give us the tools to achieve that. So whatever it is that you have in your heart's desire, um, the, the, the tools are there. You know, we live in a world that's very abundant in that way. If we have this heart's desire, like what's happening with your podcast that's, that's taking off, it was a heart's desire thing to do something in this sober gratitudes arena and you did it and the, the, the tools are all there to succeed. That's going to be, uh, that's going to receive blessings. And so some people would think like, like, well, I don't know what I should do. The heart's desire. That's really a hard question. I don't know what God's will is for me. And, but I've, I've really come to believe, just having talked to a lot of people about this, that, that that's, not, that's not usually the case. The case is it's that very thing that we have that's deep down within us that we're afraid to tell anybody else about because mm -hmm. we don't believe that we have the tools to carry it out. That people are going to think I'm crazy or they're not going to support me or people are going to think that, um, you know, oh, I'm doing this this mm -hmm. podcast and or whatever it is and um and i should be concentrating on something else i've got you know you know all of these kind of things that defeat us from that but usually it's pretty it's not very too far down down deep this heart's desire you know i think god usually makes sure it's one of those things that we're that's kind of ringing our bell i've had that experience that feeling of this longing um, to, to be useful in some way, um, this longing to be useful out of the, the gift of sobriety. And, um, and, and that's how my podcast was born. And, 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 um, I know other things will be, be, be born. I know this is just, this is the end for me. Um, but it's interesting because you use mm -hmm. the word longing and fear in, in the same context that it, a lot of us are, and I know that feeling is that fear of, of listening to that longing, the longing, which in, in, would you agree that the heart's desire is so a longing? Is that something that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I I would absolutely agree like with that. Like a spiritual this, longing, this, like is it like a, um, yeah. and it's mm -hmm. a yeah, it's a yearning. It's a um, the there's a, you know a a really famous uh, psychiatrist. I think probably you know Sarah and a lot of your listeners mm -hmm. know his name was Doctor Carl Jung. And Dr. Carl Jung, you know, most therapists, I think, today consider themselves youngists, you know, at, at heart. And this is still the, the main type of psychotherapy they teach in colleges today. The, um, but one of the things that he said, you know, that's so applicable here about this yearning, this longing, is that he, he's, you know, was somebody who came, didn't know a lot about addiction and didn't know a lot about alcoholism, but he came across it several times and got interested in it and at, at its base he said that this 
the alcoholism at, at the at the foundation of every alcoholic and drug addict was mm. this yearning mm-hmm. for the divine. And that we he called it he he called it spiritus contra spiritum, which means that we we we're drinking the alcohol, which right, is the right. spirits. You know, people call that spirits. <laughs> and, and there's a reason for that. We're drinking that as a proxy for the spiritual awakening that we're yearning for. And it's the same as the heart's desire, that, that thing that we really want the most in our life. We, we, we are afraid to do that, and we end up replacing that with alcohol and drugs in our life. And I, I tend to think that sober, if we have one of these heart's desires within us, it's almost a requirement that we pursue that in some way. And it doesn't have to provide a full living force. It doesn't have to be a huge success. But we have to have the feeling that we're pursuing that uh, or going back to sleep. You know, just the same way you can have a spiritual awakening. Today's society, many of us are walking around asleep, dreaming that we are awake. That's really profound. Yes, that's it. That's what, you know, we can look at that from a big societal level, which is a topic that I'm tackling in my next book that I'm I'm currently writing now. But uh, uh is kind of this worldwide societal level of this that, that that you know so many of the problems we have today are caused uh, you know at their at the base is this issue that many of the people on this planet are walking around asleep you know we're no longer connected to each other and we're no longer connected to the to the the world and you know people like you and I, Sarah, that have had a spiritual awakening or have had, you know, this this educational mm-hmm. variety where we're continuing to wake up all the time and get rid of these old ideas and they're replaced mm-hmm. by new ideas that are actually useful. And um, that, uh, um, you know, we can go back to sleep spiritually as well. And uh, my wife asked me one time, she says, well, gosh, I wonder, you know, what would happen if, 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 because she's sober too. And she said, I wonder what would happen if we smoked pot because marijuana became legal here in the, in the state where I'm, I live and, um, and not that long ago. So she was, you know, it was yeah, a big yeah. deal. You start, you smell it on the streets. It's everywhere, you know, and, and there's these shops all over. But the, the, she was just kind of like, I wonder what would happen if I smoked pot. Would I just go back to sleep spiritually? And, and I thought about it for a minute and I told her, no, yeah, I think you go to sleep before that. And that's what happens to people in sobriety. You know, we've got people are shocked sometimes by somebody that, that, that begins drinking again after a long period of sobriety and sometimes good sobriety. And that's it, you know, somehow we start going back to sleep. And if your listeners have one of these heart's desires, you know, my advice is, man, pursue that. Because if you don't and you hold it down and tap it down and just keep 
stuff and it you know you're at risk of being one of these back to sleep the the gift of being able to kind of see where we came from and then know that we, you know being that we were asleep before in our active addiction and and living in this beautiful awakened life is is um is is nothing that can really i mean i don't even know if i can articulate the feeling um well it is it, almost like i just have to say you have to experience it for yourself to know how how um how amazing it is like it's so amazing like i said before we started recording kenny that there's no amount of money that that could that it could equate to this mm-hmm. feeling of awakeness um, that we that that some of us have the gift of receiving when we um, when we get sober and it, and this is the I, I I can't wait to read your website and to listen to your and watch your vlogs and and get your book and and what what are your hopes um, with what you've created so far, I mean, you've, you've created a lot and, and you're writing a third book now, which is incredible. Um, what, wh- how do you um, see this moving? Um, is it something that you have some hopes and dreams for? Or are you just allowing it to kind of move organically day by day? Or um, can you speak more to that in terms of, of, uh, you, you, what you're doing at this time? Yeah, absolutely. Of course, you know, um, to try to appear humble, I would love to say, oh, I'm mm-hmm. just doing this and I'm going to let it just grow organically and, and you know, however it's going to be helped. But the, but the real truth is I do have hopes and dreams for this. You know, I, 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 do, uh, um, I do want to sell more books. I, I want to, you know, I, I'd like to become a full-time author i still have a consulting business that i work at during the day and but you know my heart's desire is to work at becoming a full-time author and uh to um i've got a number of people that work with me on on books Mm -hmm. and helping editing and do artwork for covers and stuff like that but the um uh you know i had help with the website but Mm -hmm. i i'm currently seeking a literary agent and so I, I do i have hopes and dreams for this this is this is you know this is the the time in my life where i set this aside as my main priority now and i've been at it for a year and and uh so i'm uh, i'm i'm really happy with the direction it's gone so far and and, you know, the great thing is this, the, the first book, Awakened Giant Sleeping Spirit, which is kind of the, you know, this main piece that I've, uh, um, that I've written so far is, um, is the feedback I've gone on. It's just been so helpful in that direction and helping mm-hmm. me realize I think I can, can achieve these dreams that, that it's helped so many people and I've had so many people and early sobriety say man this book just totally changed everything for me and this book saved my life and my gut says that you will continue and it's it's what you've created it created so much in just one year um and you're 
your wisdom and your, your humility and your confident, your confidence in trusting your heart's desire and acting upon it is helping so many people. And in that really, for, for me, my personal thought on that is that's what we're truly here to do on earth is to help others. And, um, what a, a miracle you are, Kenny, to, to hear, to hear what your life was like and look at what you're doing now. And, and, and I know for myself, you know, when I was, I had a, I, my bottom wasn't super low, but, um, it, it, I was a functioning alcoholic, but it, I was, you know, raising my kids, but I wasn't doing good things, raising my kids, you know, driving drunk with them in the car, I would go to bed feeling just horrible about myself. And, and now because of yeah. you know, the gift of sobriety and, and the gratitudes that I have found in sobriety, I get to go to bed every night and feel really good about how I lived my day. And and I, I suspect you probably, you know, I don't want to make assumptions, but I suspect you probably feel the same way. I mean, that, that drastic change that occurs is just unbelievable. And it just is so fascinating to me. I, I, it's an honor for me to be talking to somebody like you who was once so lost and, and empty, as you said, like the shell of a person. I don't know if you said that, but that's how I kind of interpreted it. Um, that now you're just yeah. pouring out such beautiful energy to help others and to encourage others to to follow their heart's desire and create the life they're meant to live. And and if if everyone would do that, wow, the world I'm such a dreamer. The world would be a beautiful <laughs> a really, really beautiful place. Yeah, well keep dreaming that because I I'm a believer in the coming together time, and that's a that's a topic. And you know, I, I'm ingraining uh, in my, uh, including in my new book. And... So thank you, Kenny. You you just have such incredible wisdom and um, such peace and serenity about you. And it's it's a wonderful place to be um, when to to be with somebody who is that peaceful and. Um, it's incredible. It's a, it's a miracle to know where you came from to see you now. And that is, that's truly celebrating hope in recovery. You know, we are celebrating hope in recovery right now by celebrating you and, and how much you have changed. I mean, it's an incredible, one of the most incredible stories I've, I've ever heard. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you to my guest and all of you for listening. I hope what you heard inspires you to look for and recognize the gifts of sobriety. Sober Gratitudes, a podcast dedicated to delivering messages of hope through true stories of recovery. A sober life is possible if you truly want it. Mm-hmm.